What's going on, coaches? Hopefully this postseason is treating you guys well, whether you're still in the playoffs or uh, now you're finally into offseason. Hopefully you guys can find everything that you need over at our website, runthepower.com. We hope you're enjoying uh, all of our podcasts that we've continued to put out even during the season. Uh, If you've obviously been too busy during the season to listen to them, we've got a lot of them backlogged through the uh, last few months, you guys can go back and listen to as you work out and start breaking down and getting ready for a new season, uh, getting ready uh, for your off season. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed everything we've done. Go check it all out at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy and your playoff philosophy is just to maintain, then you're doing it wrong. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder, which is Team B-U-I-L-D-R. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from me, Rowdy, and the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at TeamBuilder.com, which is Team B-U-I-L-D-R.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up, as you guys know, with their product, uh, and it's been a game changer for us all season. We uh, love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, uh, inside zone, power, obviously, uh, counter, and and pin and pull, and even some outside zone uh, more this year. So uh, we can save time, be more productive, have a little bit of time with our family during the season. Just Play has a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120. That is $60 off the normal list price. This offer has been extended uh, and it won't last much longer. Get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. On this special episode of the podcast, we speak to uh, my good friend and cousin, Brian Raymond. Big Brian currently coaches at North Garland High School in Garland, Texas. Listen as we talk with Big Brian about his journey from Oklahoma down to Texas, some great stories from his many coaching stops, and his real passion and ours coaching the offensive line. Hope you guys enjoy. Well, uh, Big Brian, let's just go ahead and, and kind of how we start all of them is, uh, you know, we kind of go with uh, let you kind of introduce yourself in, in your football journey from uh, playing to coaching and and uh, where you are now. But uh, excited about it because uh, as we were talking before Walls got on here, um, uh, it's good to get to talk to you again. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure what officially we are. I've always just said it's my cousin, Big Brian, but uh, it's got to be something close to a cousin. So uh, excited to uh, get to get to talk uh, football with you for an hour. Even just get to talk is going to be fun. No doubt. Uh, yeah, we co- we're, we're cousins. Uh, so just a little bit about me. Uh, I'm from Jay, Oklahoma, obviously a little spot in the road up there, not far from you. And, uh, Obviously played football there, played for – my head coach was Rich Jones, who was actually at Broken Arrow – no, not, not – sorry, wrong Rich. <laughs> I meant to say not the one that was at Broken Arrow, but uh, Rich Jones and then um, my senior year, the head coach was Chris Gortney, and then 
I graduated and thought that I was going to uh, make money and got married at that time too. And then went to junior college uh, at Haskell, which don't even have football anymore. It's all Native American. Uh, played football there. Uh, got my associate's degree, and then I transferred over to a small Division three college at uh, Westminster College in Fort Missouri. I actually finished up. I coached there for a year. I coached the D-line there for not a year, for a semester, uh, and did a little bit of the recruiting part of it. And uh, got into coaching, coached at Monette High School for one year in southwest Missouri. And then I was in Bartlesville for five years. And then for some reason, went to Houston from Bartlesville for two years. <laughs> and then came back up here, came back up here to DFW and kind of moved around a lot as far as jobs, uh, all for, you know, family purposes or whatever. But I've been in the Garland ISD, which is here in the Dallas area for, this will be my eighth year and this will be my sixth year at North Garland High School and I've had some arena football stuff in there in between. Uh actually got a chance to work with Dave a little bit, Coach Alexander, um uh one year with the Talons and then I've coached it down here also and that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I remember uh as a as a younger kid uh actually going up to uh, Broken Arrow and and watching you coach against Broken Arrow with Bartlesville and then uh, I remember to going remember going to some of the Talons games and uh, that was always really really cool I could always brag my dad was a high school head coach and that uh, my cousin was a was a coach for the a semi pro team and so uh, and, and yeah. they were they were always really really fun games but obviously probably quite a bit different coaching um, you know I, I think it's what eight man. Uh, or not eight yeah. man, I think, and then um, you're also coaching a bunch of grown ups that also uh, have jobs outside of just football. Yep, sure, sure, sure enough, and uh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun working with uh, working with those guys. You know, you're talking about like uh, coaching here, the, the team here in Allen uh, got to coach some really good players, and also the in, in Tulsa too. Those guys were phenomenal, but. You know, one of your old – I think Chris was a teammate of yours, Chris Thompson. Uh-huh. Uh, very good player, uh, very good center or whatever. And just got the chance to work with some good guys. And uh, I like working with the high school kids, obviously, too. That's what I, that's what I do. That's right. Well, uh, going down to, uh, to Houston, uh, it just – a different type of heat down there. Uh, unbelievable to go from from Bartlesville, which here in Oklahoma seems like Bartlesville it snows every time there is a snow day. Uh, down to Houston, uh, a little bit of a climate change for you. Uh, big time climate change. And when I say <laughs> Houston, no offense to anybody. I know you liked your time down there or whatever, but uh, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. You know, you walk out your door and. Uh, the heat grab, the humidity grabs you by the throat and you have to use your windshield wipers all the time and it's not raining in the mornings. Uh it's a whole different deal. And then and then the other cool thing that, that you've gotten into and, and uh, I honestly just don't know a bunch about it, but I know I, I see you post about it uh yearly is the uh and, and I'm not even sure of the name, but the native uh football game that you always coach. Uh, talk to talk to us a yeah, little bit uh, about what that is, and and what and maybe even if if you know kind of how it started. I, I don't even remember 
really hearing about it in high school. And now, obviously, I see it from you posting it, but a really, really cool deal. I remember in high school, they had a few like all-star baseball teams uh, through, uh, you know, Native American baseball teams. But uh, talk a little bit about the football games and, and you know, kind of how those are set up and, and how you got into that. I uh, I had a friend of mine that he decided he was going to start this game up, and he said, hey, uh, do you want to come up here and, and coach? And they at that time, we did it up there at Haskell in Lawrence, Kansas. And I said, shoot, yeah, you know, I'll do that. And uh, it's just graduating seniors uh, that just finished up, uh, give them an opportunity to play another football game. We bring them in from all over the country. Uh, they have to be registered uh, Native Americans. And we bring them in, for, like I said, from all over and practice for a week. Or we, we pick two teams as even as we can. We practice for a week and then play a game. Uh, actually, that very first game, uh, Greg Nation, Coach Nation, who's now at Haskell, used to be at Bishop Kelly for a long time. He and I was on the staff with Herman Boone, who is the Remember the Titans, the the – the yeah. character that Denzel yeah. plays, uh, Herman Boone was the first head coach. And Greg and I, you know, shared a dorm suite with him and lived with him for a week and uh, worked with his staff there for a week doing the All-Star game. It's a pretty cool experience. And I've the game's been going on. It's kind of, you know, we're trying to – it's kind of was underground for a long time. We're trying to get it more, you know, trying to get it out there. Uh, it's been going on for 17 years. And I've done it for 15 of the 17. Uh, the two years that I didn't do it, I was doing the arena football stuff and we were playoffs and had scheduling conflicts and stuff and wasn't able to do it. But, yeah, Herman Boone, uh, that was a pretty interesting experience. How was that? I mean, had had obviously I think uh, – remember the Titans had probably come out by then. So uh, was that kind of like uh, almost meeting a celebrity at that point? Yes, it was. Actually, it was. Uh, Remember, the Titans had been out for, I think it came out the year, the previous year. And, you know, so he was, it was kind of like being, being with the celebrity a little bit, you know, the the real guy and uh, very interesting. He was old and old school and uh, he, he we ran that split back beer just like the movie. And, you know, just like he says in the movie, it's like Novocaine, you know, uh, <laughs> keep on, keep on pounding it. Brian, what what um what all positions have you coached uh, throughout throughout your career now coaching? Okay, that's one thing I failed to mention. Sorry about that. I coach inside linebackers right now, but hmm. I've coached I've coached D line, I've coached the O line, I've coached uh, even running backs and H backs, and now I coach inside linebackers. The only thing I haven't coached, I guess, is the skill guys. The fresh air guys, I guess. No No one wants to coach them anyways. I think uh, Coach Walls has to coach them. I think he enjoys it. But uh, none of us, you know, none of us really want to coach those guys anyways. Right. No, exactly. (laughs) I don't don't want anything to to do with it. What what is your favorite position then to to coach then? Coach, would you say you're an O-line guy or are you kind of partial now to the defensive side? You know, I'm really poor. So I really like O-line, but I haven't done it in so long. You know, I really try to stay up on it. And uh, obviously just being a, you know, a, a student of the game always. But my favorite probably is the defensive line. The defensive line would probably be my favorite. I, I've done that 
the most. I say that, you know, I'm going on four years coaching inside linebackers or five years coaching inside linebackers now. Well, it's it's nice to be able to coach all of those. I mean, I've only got to coach offensive line, but it's nice being able to to jump all the way around because you you understand uh, so much better what what the other team or the other positions you're going against are trying to do against your guys. I mean, you can impart that knowledge on them. Hey, the offensive line's trying to do this because of you know this reason, and so uh, if you've got a, a a good idea of how to play defensive line and you've coached offensive line, it makes you that much better of a defensive line coach. Yes, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that, yeah, just like you said. And and I'm, it's at first, you know, I wasn't real crazy about, you know, changing around and stuff, but I think it's been really good for me professionally because, like you said, you know, I've got a whole different understanding of, of a lot of different things now than what I used to have. Uh, so it's been good for me professionally. To be honest with you, I always thought coaching the D line was pretty fun too. I got a chance to do it. I mean, never for like a season, but in, in a few different camps. You know, you show up at a, at a camp, and all of a sudden, you know, some of the the coaches you have, the fellow college coaches, you know, and they they break them up into teams, and a lot of them, you know, we coach DBs, we coach linebackers, we coach receivers, and nobody wanted to coach the D line. So I'm like, hey, I'll go do it. I, I just thought it was fun, yeah, to 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 teach those guys, you know, how to to basically turn loose. And to me, there, there is nothing more that, that can stop a football game than a, than a good offense or sorry, a good defensive line. If, if, if a defense has a great defensive line, there's literally almost nothing you can do in my mind to, to slow those guys down. Unless maybe you get them tired or, you know, a guy goes down or something like that. But that's like, if I can create a dominant mentality on a defensive line, you can shut the other team down literally almost every time. I agree with you, Coach, and, and if you got a good defensive line, then you got some real good linebackers. The, the defensive line makes those linebackers look real good. And and I'm more of a – you know, I never – you know, when I coached D-line, yeah, you know, I thought about that a little bit. But now if I've got offensive line and linemen running scot-free at my uh, linebackers, I'm not real happy about that a lot of times. So I have a whole different uh, appreciation for that. Yeah, and, and those inside linebackers aren't aren't too happy about it either. Uh, they're they're screaming no, at the D lineman, I'm sure. Um, so so yeah. the interesting thing for me with defensive line is, uh, you know, offensive linemen, you're going to get a, a few freaks every once in a while, but for the most part, you're getting some of the kids that weren't as athletic as they were growing up, and and so you have to be extremely technical with them, and and that's going to help build them into a little bit better athletes. But uh, on the defensive line, there's a chance that you've got three, maybe four really good athletes playing defensive line. And, and while you want to teach them some technique, there's also some, some part of it that you want to let them let their athleticism shine and let them, uh, you know, kind of play with the flow of the game and, and, and do some things like that. When you were coaching that position, how much did you, you know, get into the, the strict technique of it uh, compared to letting those guys be athletes and letting them use uh, some of that athletic uh, ability that they had kind of God-given ability. We'd turn them loose a little bit and let them, you know, just let them play and use their, like you say, their God-given athletic talents. But, you know, it was pretty much uh, technique, technique driven, getting your hands on, you know, um, getting your hands on the offensive lineman, squeezing gaps, staying in our gap and, and 
basically trying to keep them off the linebackers, but still, you know, we want to get ours too. Uh, but we let we'll turn them loose a little bit, but it's pretty, you know, pretty technical the way the the way we I taught it. Well, and then you know you're 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 down in Texas, which is uh, for most people the mecca of of high school football. But but you came from as like you said, and I've been there several times. A, a small town in Jay, where um, you know uh, my grandpa's, the, you know, up in up in the the high schools as as a uh, uh, MLB pitcher, and uh, you know one of the best athletes through the school, and and it's a, a you know a nice stadium, but you know fairly small, and and. Everyone, I'm sure, loves football there, but uh, it's not – you're not getting uh, thousands upon thousands coming to the games and then uh, move down to Dallas, and and it's bigger than most college stadiums that you're going to. And, and uh, I mean, the the everything around football is, is so much bigger. I mean, was it a huge – was it a huge shock or a huge change uh, making the leap from Oklahoma down to Texas? Uh it was a, a little bit, I guess, you know, uh, playing in Bartlesville, you know, we got to play there at, at your stadium there in Broken Arrow, which is very nice, and playing at Jinx and playing at Union. Uh, but, you know, actually, as we're sitting here doing this, I was on my way home from work. We've been meeting, and I was on my way home, and I pulled in because my reception's not real good at my house. So I'm sitting in the parking lot of the $75 million stadium here in McKinney, uh, which is not even half a mile from my house. So I'm sitting in that parking lot right now, and you bring up stadiums. You're kind of being pretty nice when you say Jay's Stadium is nice uh, because <laughs> it's far from it. And, and, and I, I, lo I love Jay, and I, I, and I love everything about it, love growing up there and everything, but the stadium is not very nice. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm sitting here in this parking lot of this place here. Well, there's one, I'm not sure what school it might be, Allen's, but there's another one that's just, uh, it seems like just a few miles down the road or down the turnpike or whatever, and, and you're at another massive stadium. Uh, you know, mom was, uh, we were driving down one of the turnpikes or highways or, or whatever it was, and, and she showed me, you know, one off to my left, and it was getting finished, and then we drove just a few miles uh, further, and there was some huge gigantic stadium I was like I thought that was the new stadium she said no that's a different new stadium and it's not as new it's almost two years old <laughs> yeah it's uh this this one is they just played the first season in this one last year and they actually played the division two championship game here and then Allen's Allen's is a little bit bigger uh but this one here is pretty good size you know it's got double deck seating and Allen's does too and Allen's is very nice as well and this one's very nice and, well and then you guys uh, got the the star as well and the star I went to uh some playoff games there last year and uh it's an it's nice there too but as far as the football to me you know yeah the stuff's a little nicer I guess uh because we pay a lot more money in taxes and that pays for this stuff. But, uh, the, the football is not any better down here to me than it was in Oklahoma. There's just more athletes. You know what I mean? There's more kids because it's a bigger state. Obviously that's my opinion. The coaches don't work any harder down here. Now we work hard, but when I was working in Oklahoma, we worked hard up there too. So football's football. It's just, you know, there's 11 guys on each side of the ball. 
do you, no matter do you, what you're playing in. That's exactly right. Do you feel like like the community supports a, a little bit better down there? Or I know obviously there's some great community support all around Oklahoma as well. But like you said, I mean, you guys are paying higher taxes and, and all this, and you're you're not just building these huge, gigantic stadiums. You guys are filling them up too on Friday nights. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I don't know that community supports anymore. You know, there's there's so much going, like in the, this Metroplex area, there's so much going on down here. Uh, there's so much more for people to do, whereas, you know, there in Broken Arrow, there's still a lot to do there too. But Broken Arrow, that's, you, you know, you guys are the only show in town on Friday nights. Whereas, you know, here in, here in McKinney where I live, you know, there's three high schools. And there's all kinds of stuff going on, and uh, but the community store support is still very good, in my opinion. But I don't know that it's any more so than Oklahoma. It's just more. Once again, it's just more people. You know, like Allen, uh, they have a band that has a thousand members in it. So you're going to get, you know, you got a thousand member band. You got all those parents are going to be at the game. You know, that's right. Just, at least two thousand. Yes. I mean, it's unreal. Well, and then, I mean, the, the murderer's row that is uh, big time uh, high school football. I mean, just to get out of the first round, I was going through and looking at first round playoff games. Uh, it's because you guys, for the most part, stay in Dallas. Uh, if you're a Dallas team, you're going to play other Dallas teams in the playoffs. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, some of the first round games that guys have to play, uh, like you said, because there are so many kids, and because the football is so good, uh, it's whatever, five or 12 <laughs> playoff rounds, whatever it is now, and, and it's just one after another, unbelievable team after another. Yes, if you, if you play down here, if you play for the state championship, you're playing 16 games, and which that's a lot of football. Uh, NFL schedule. So, yes, exactly, you know, and if you got teams like Allen that are – you know, battling for it almost every year, those kids are getting – those underclassmen are getting six more weeks of practice uh, than everybody else. And so that helps a little bit. But, yeah, it's it's difficult. We were – the school where I'm at, we've struggled for a while, but we're starting to turn the corner. And last year we were 40-something seconds away from making the playoffs. And mm. actually playing Wiley, where your mom lives over there, yeah. uh, they beat us in the last 40 seconds. Anyway, if we would have beat them, we would have got in, and we would have got to go play Allen. Uh, I'm not too sure how that would have turned out, but I'd like <laughs> to give it a shot. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, a couple of things. You know, I think, I don't know if it was last year, maybe two years ago, but Wiley went, it seemed like, pretty far in the playoffs. Um, maybe it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was last year. They're normally pretty decent, and then there's you know there's two schools over there. There's Wiley and there's Wiley East. Wiley East was real good two or three years ago. They had their their tailback went to Arizona State, uh, so they they were they were pretty good. They were they were loaded up pretty good. Well, and I'm sure it's got to be tough. I mean, with all those good programs and and known names, I, I know obviously uh, transferring isn't um, necessarily you know, something that everyone wants to talk about. But it, I think from what I've heard, it happens fairly often around that area, uh, at least in, you know, South Dallas and, and different places where guys are going to move around, they're going to transfer around and, and go to 
a few different schools, especially when a school's got so many uh, teams in one community. So uh, if you are a team that's struggling at times, I'm sure it seems uh, a challenge to ever get it back and on the right path and, and on the direction it needs to go uh, purely because a lot of times, um, as much as coaches love to take credit for, for how good a football team is, a lot of times when you've got really, really good players, um, your team's going to be really, really good. Exactly. You know, you, you guys know you coach. Uh, good players make you a very good coach, you know. Uh, in our situation where we're at, it's a little bit different. I'll just kind of go into that a little bit for you. We, in the school district that I work in, we have seven high schools. So there are seven, seven of us. Jeez. And we we all have feeder junior highs. So, mm. you know, we have a junior high that feeds us. Some have two junior highs that feed them. But those kids, when they come out of the junior high where I'm at, they can go to whichever one of those high schools they want to go to. So, you know, it's kind of like, not, I'm not saying there's recruiting going on. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when you're winning – where do those kids want to go? Exactly. So that's yes. something that that's something we're trying to uh, turn, you know, turn and get in our favor as far as winning some football games and, and making kids want to come over there uh, to where we're at. But yeah, they can go wherever they want to go coming out of junior high. Well, like you said, it becomes not recruiting, obviously, because because you can't do that. But um, you also want to make your program look. Uh, like a place that kids would want to go. Maybe you don't talk to individual kids, but um, you want your school, your program uh, to to be an enticing program for good athletes to want to go to. And, and if you're winning a whole lot of games, you don't have to do a whole lot more than win a bunch of games, and, and they'll obviously want to go there. But if you're a team that's trying to come up and, and has had some you know non-playoff seasons, now you probably got to be creative about how you make your school appealing. How do you make your – offense appealing to more athletes how do you make your defense appealing to certain uh positions or, or whatever so you can get those kids and and not like you said not recruiting by any means but you get the kids to want to go to that program exactly and that's where you know that's where we're we're at we're you know we you know we work hard and grind at it and uh and we got to cut our senior class this year uh, as freshmen went nine and one, and most of them have been playing varsity football since they were sophomores. So we're thinking this may be the year that we get over the hump. Uh, we're expecting that to happen anyway. Coach, can you talk a little bit about you know? I mean, we've mentioned Allen a couple of times. I mean, Allen's a, it's a it's a one horse town. I mean, they got five five thousand kids in the school. You know, a lot like a Broken Arrow. Whereas you know some of the other cities around there, McKinney. Wiley, you know, the Mesquite schools, Plano, whatever you want to talk about, they've all kind of split up their, their school districts and they've had to put in multiple high schools. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the benefits of that uh, and, and maybe some of the benefits of, of not splitting some of those things up, especially as it pertains to, to football? Well, I think it's just for like Allen having all those students over there. So, you know, they got no telling. I don't even know the number that they have in their program, you know, from from ninth grade uh, through varsity. I, I haven't I wouldn't even want to guess what that number is. And I don't think that they're ever going to build another high school. I don't think that's ever that's ever even been talked about. So they got all those kids to pick from. Uh, now, 
on the flip side of that, Frisco, which is right here by uh, McKinney where I live, they want to keep all their schools a little bit smaller. They want to keep them all about 5A level. So they're opening up new schools all the time. About every every two or three years, they open up a new high school. I don't even know how many they have now, probably nine or ten high schools in Frisco. And they want to keep them, you know, they, they're trying to keep the numbers down and keep them a little bit smaller uh, to give kids more opportunities, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. But, but yeah, the Allen, shoot, they got the, the pick of the crop over there. And, you know, these kids over here in Frisco, they get, you know, they'll every once in a while they get split up and, and are sent off somewhere else. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing I'm not or, or a good thing. I don't know. But I just know they're opening up new schools over there all the time. Yeah, that's that was it was actually – go ahead, Walls. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, the, the positive, I guess, for us is, I mean, every time they open up a new school, I mean, that opens up, you know, how many coaching jobs available and more education jobs. And, you know, hopefully it's, it's also creating the, the opportunity for more kids to, to play football. And then, you know, I mean, you said it on, on the flip side, just by a strict numbers, sheer numbers game, it, it maybe limits, you know, the number of teams who kind of have maybe uh, I shouldn't say a fighting chance, but, you know, year in, year out, it's going to be a lot tougher to compete with the teams who have, you know, four or 500 kids in the program that they can develop versus your, you know, a hundred kids to develop. But, you know, there's going to be some right. years and knock on wood, you know, this year, coach, you, you guys are, are able to do it. It's just probably some of that, that consistency. Yes. Yes. Like, you know, that, that's obviously an issue and bringing new kids together from, from different schools that, that maybe didn't even know each other and, and, and get, they're getting split up all the time or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. That, that's just how, that's just their model of doing it. Uh, here in McKinney, like I said, McKinney's a pretty big place and there's three high schools. Uh, two of them play six, a football and one of them plays five, a football hmm. here. In McKinney. So, so does that, does the five, eight, cause, cause what I've always heard is, you know, uh, what makes it difficult about those? Cause I had a guy that I think went to Tomball and, and they've got two or three schools. Um, and you know, he said the unfortunate part was they had a big donor that went to his Tomball, uh, went to the NFL, had millions of dollars, wanted to give back and upgrade their, uh, weight program or, or their scoreboard. I, I can't remember what it was. He wanted to give them a, a big million, $2 million upgrade. And, um, he, he goes and goes to do it, and uh, Tom Ball ISD, you know, tells him, look, you can't give it to these guys without giving it to the other Tom Ball. And so, you know, that right. both, both, both sections of kids kind of lose out on any of it because it's got to be fair for, for both of those. Is that the same case with having two 6As and a 5A, or uh, is it kind of uh, different since one of them is a 5A and now only the two 6As have to be equal? I'm pretty sure, you know, I've worked at, I've coached at McKinney Boyd, which is one of the six A's. Uh, I'm pretty sure they try, they try to keep it all level and fair here at McKinney ISD uh, as far as the things they have. You know, they all three have indoor facilities, um, you know, nice weight rooms, all that, and they all play here at this new nice stadium. So they keep them. Uh, playing field level as far as you know what the kids have and and what one school has from the next uh here in mckinney isd 
You know, and, and the other thing, you know, just kind of finishing up, I guess, on Texas high school football, but the other thing I think is really, really cool that Texas does and different, maybe it's not as cool if, if you, you know, draw the short straw, but um, is there's the way that they split up, you know, their, their divisions. So there is like a 6A big and small, uh, but they don't yes. split it up until the playoffs, um, which is – when, to, to me, is really, really cool. I mean, so if you're one of those fringe teams, then depends on who who has the best records, and then whoever has the best records, then they split those teams for to big and small. And so, like I said, maybe it's not good if you if you draw the wrong six uh, A big or six A right. small, but it, it's it's kind of a cool, interesting concept or a cool way to go about it, and um, it kind of even it up from from the playoffs on. Right, it's kind of you know, I can't even sit here and really explain to you. I mean, I, I have a pretty good idea how they do it, but it's it's enrollment and like you said, it's how we finish in the district. You know, one, two, three, four, and then then it kind of goes off enrollment, and you may get sent to the six A Division one, or you may get sent to six A Division two. And like I said last year, we'd have got in, we'd have been six A Division one, and would have been you know playing the bigger schools, which our school, I, I tell, it's funny, I tell my students all the time, I said, there's more people in this high school than there were in my hometown. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Now, Broken Arrow, actually, they tried to split up uh, a couple years ago. It was a big bond issue, or not bond, but I don't know. Anyway, they, they hired an out, outside company. The outside company or whatever it was came in, uh, and they gave the recommendation that we split the high school. And so I think they were about to start kind of going in that direction and the whole community lost their mind um, and said they wouldn't do it. And uh, somehow or another, in the next few months, they're like, oh, never mind. We changed our mind. We're going to stay on high school and we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But you know, talk about a huge, just like you guys, huge uh, campus with a bunch of people, uh, more, than, more than NJ, Oklahoma, uh, completely when you're growing up. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's it's crazy, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy. So Coach, can you talk, you talk a little bit about like the the coaches' school and the stuff that they have down in Texas. I mean that that's the stuff I get to hear about on on Twitter, you know, a, a lot. And and all the the coaches that we follow or, or know in Texas talk so much about you know that opportunity for those guys to be able to come together and the level of speakers that they get and and kind of just that camaraderie of the, the coaches association there in Texas. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, this year they set a record, had like 13,364 or whatever people attending coaches school. Uh, always have top-notch speakers. And uh, like uh, Rowdy and I were talking about uh, before we started, you know, he said he's watching his, his compliance videos and doing all that stuff. You have the opportunity to get that stuff done down there while you're down there. Uh, a lot of that. And I was telling him now starting this year, we all have to be tackle certified uh, <laughs> here in the state of Texas. So that's another deal. Uh, we got, we got offensive coaches. I work and they're like, what do I got to worry about this tackling? I don't care about tackling. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> tackling, so. But yeah, the coaching school is a big, big, uh, big deal down here. Uh, it was in Houston the last two years, and I think the next three, it's going to be in San Antonio. A um, whole lot of people, a whole lot of coaches running around, uh, a lot different. 
than it was in Oklahoma, I guess. Uh, I enjoyed the coaches clinic in Oklahoma. It's a little bit more laid back. In Texas, you're, you're expected to, uh, you know, put on the khakis and, and dress a little bit uh, professional, a little bit nicer, I guess. And a lot of times that's not that's not the best thing for a big guy being out in that, that Houston heat. <laughs> that's right. Heck Heck no, man. Hell no. No, you can't go. You can't go khaki pants in Houston uh, for anybody. Not even just big guys like us. It's anybody. You can't be in pants in Houston. And you're right. Uh, from everything I've heard about it, um, a complete, um, complete opposite of what Oklahoma's is. I mean, uh, fairly decently attended, but not really a big mandatory thing. They don't. All, you know, they've got some decent and good speakers, but. No big, crazy name speakers. I don't think they're allowed to have any uh, college coaches come in. And so uh, a lot, you know, different, a, a, a big difference in, in Oklahoma and, and Texas in that uh, coaches association kind of clinic. Uh, also, you know, all the, the other clinics that go on in Texas are, are kind of what I'm jealous of. I mean, two or three big ones in Dallas, obviously uh, quite a few in, in Houston. And then you talk about saying, I mean, there's clinics, it seems like, in the offseason every week or two. I, I ran into you uh, at the uh, Texas A&M clinic. I guess it wasn't their clinic, but in Texas A&M, I the think. Lone a, Star yeah, Lone Star Clinic. Um, and yeah. it was, I mean, it just clinics, it seems like, every other weekend that are that are huge, that are, if you live um, in in Dallas and in, in the DFW area, it's, it's uh, probably no more than four hours anyway and, and you're at a big clinic every other weekend yeah there's always a couple glaziers here in dallas and then obviously the dfw clinic out there by the airport and uh yeah that's a some big opportunities to to you know you know go to that stuff and it's right here real close of course you know if you want to go watch a college practice you know we got smu here and north texas here and tcu's not far and uh Got all these got all these colleges around here that play football too. Yeah, that's I mean, I didn't even think about that, but another uh, you know, wild deal is is all the colleges and really, really good football teams, especially now with North Texas having two really big years. I mean, uh, all around that area, some huge football programs. Yes, I kinda you know, being the being the Oklahoma guy and the uh, the the Cherokee Nation citizen and everything I kind of follow North Texas just a little bit right now because Mason Fine's playing quarterback for him. That's right. Uh, That's he's doing a, he's doing a pretty good job. He's doing an unbelievable job. I mean, uh, how how some some bigger colleges missed on that kid? Uh, I guess I guess he didn't have the measurables or whatever, and and was at a small school, three no measurables. But but um, the head coach he, is from Oklahoma, man. He knew better. Yeah. Uh, Coast the trail, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's that's the only thing. He didn't have the 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 measurables. He wasn't tall enough. He wasn't big enough, and all this. But he's he's proven that he can get it done. Well, there's a time last year or two years ago, I can't remember which. He was he was the like best rated quarterback in the whole state of Texas in college. I mean, the quarterback at UNT is the best, you know. And yeah, Oklahoma kid that uh, all he did in high school was win. I mean, that all they did when he was there was win almost every single game uh when he was in high school that's exactly right coming from locust grove oklahoma which may be about the same size as jay probably 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's at least a three A school, so it's got to be fairly close. He got to <laughs> he got to play for old Coach Hennessy, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in Oklahoma, uh, Coach Hennessy was at. Uh, I want to say he was at Jinx when I was there briefly. When I or he was briefly at you know that was kind of his back end to him being at Jinx, and then he went to. Muskogee. He was in Muskogee. I was in Bartlesville for five years, so uh, coached against him a little bit. Yeah, Dad, uh, that year that Mason Fine was there, I think Dad got beat maybe in the playoffs uh, by Locust Grove, and and all he did was talk about that quarterback, and, and he's, you know, he, I don't think he wants to give nearly anyone credit that he's playing against, but he said they hit, they hit that kid a bunch, and he said that was one of the toughest quarterbacks he'd ever played against. Uh, and he was, you know, he was telling me at the time how much of a steal UNT got. And I think he even like, came in late maybe or something. I can't remember the whole story behind it. But he was always a huge, um, you know, supporter of that kid. Thought he was going to be great. And like you said, Cherokee Nation kid. Yeah. Yep. So I keep my eye on him a little bit. I think it's interesting too. Then see me talk about he he goes down to North Texas, and then all the, all the good Texas QBs, or at least the ones lately, all go to school at University of Oklahoma. <laughs> you got yeah. Baker Mayfield, you got Kyler Murray. Oh. So it's like we're just exchanging exchanging dudes, man. Exchanging dudes, and I hear that all. The, I I have to hear that all the time because you know I I I grew up like an OU, and. So I'm an OU fan down here in Texas, and there's a lot of OU fans down here too. But I always have to hear the old argument, like, uh, "Well, o- OU has to come down here to get their players. All the players on OU's roster are from Texas." And I'm like, "So I have to listen to that." And then I, <laughs> the ultimate, you're like, the, you're like the "Yeah, ultimate, how come the Longhorns can't get them?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the ultimate comeback for that is. What's the name of the stadium down there in Austin? And they think about it, and then uh, Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium. I'm like, yeah, where's he from? Where'd he play football at? And then they kind of be quiet about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and Tulsa's the same way. I mean, talk about a kid in their their shadow of their stadium uh, they could have had to be there the quarterback of Tulsa and and they let him go to UNT and and uh they they pick up a bunch of Texas kids so uh kind of a strange strange deal how how all of that happens but uh kind of a cool thing for Oklahoma uh you know the the recruiting is really really picked up for Oklahoma high school kids it was you know when I was going through it and and even before uh Oklahoma was known for good high school football uh but not always known for uh great uh, college bound athletes. Um, and, and now it's kind of right. picking up a little bit of steam all, all around the area for, for, um, uh, you know, all, there's always been a, a handful of really, really good ones, but, uh, now there's, there's a couple handful of kids that are, that are going and, and going to really, really big programs. And it's, it's cool to see. I know when I was, when I was at Bartlesville, coach walls used to coach at jeans, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, when I was in Bartlesville, I said there was one of those Jinx teams, I believe, had 11 Division One kids on it. And I don't know what year that was. I know, uh, I can't even think of the name, Kiwan Jones, Bobby Klink. Uh, there, was, there was a defensive end that went to Texas from Jinx named Brian Pickerel. Pickerel. Uh, 
There was uh, four D linemen, weren't there? Walls that year. At, at one point or another, there was from basically from like '97 to 2001. I mean, it, it was just just stacked. Two Notre oh, Dame kids. Yeah. The, the end went to Texas, like you said, Clink and uh, um, Kiwan. Kiwan. Uh, Therefore, uh, maybe it was even before that, but they had Rocky Calmus, and um, it was it was unbelievable there for a few years. And Garrett Mills was on that team too. He was a stud. Uh, yes, that went and played at TU and played in the NFL a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, he was every the, every single spot. Coach Coach Trimble was. Coach Trimble was stacked, man, those days. Offense, defense, especially, it didn't matter. You just line up and yeah, go. Yeah, you're right. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter, and it didn't matter what we did either as far as coaching against you. What what's that like when when you when you're at a team that maybe is uh, you know you guys have had some good years at Bartlesville but uh, Bartlesville has also had some some rather down years at times as well uh, when you're going into a week against a team that uh, maybe that year for whatever reason like you said they got eleven Division one kids and and maybe you don't have one uh, and and you're you're game planning you're trying to get ready you're trying to get your kids ready for that week. Um, Obviously, you know, you always want to win, but maybe you've even got some different goals going into that game. Is that the case, or is it always, hey, let's try to win this, or are you kind of looking at the whole season when you're playing a team like that when you're on a really down year? Well, you know, the competitor in all of us, you know, you want to line up and win every time you every time the ball snaps. So we always went into it, you know, you know we're going to throw our best at it. We're going to coach the kids up. We're going to try to come up to the best scheme, the best game plans to put the kids in the best position and, and give them our best, you know, and and let the chips fall where they may. And, they, you know, obviously it never turned out in our favor. But uh, when I was at Bartlesville, we were, uh, we were mediocre. And then we had a real good class and we made the playoffs and then, you know, just kind of like would have been for us last year as far as the going to play Allen deal. We we got to go play uh, Union when we got in that year. And Union had – they had some dogs playing D-line now. They they had uh, Blankenship. They had another guy that went to Colorado State. I mean, they were, they were loaded. That was Blake Smith. They used to live with Blake Smith. Yes. He, he was one – I mean, it was like – Man, our quarterback was beat up after that game, I'm telling you. Yeah, I think they went – I mean, Blankenship went to Nebraska. Uh, the DN was was actually Blake Smith's brother, Nate Peterson, and he went to o- OSU, yes. played at Oklahoma State. And then the two D tackles yep. were UCLA and Colorado State. So all, all four of them were D1 yep. guys, too. They were loaded. <laughs> they were loaded, and they were good on the offensive line, and they had a pretty good running back. Uh, I, I believe he's passed now. Spencer McElwain was the running back's name at that time. Mm-hmm. He was a good one. Well, that was, you know, a couple of years ago, they were the same. For us. A couple of years ago, they were the same. They had a kid go to OU, uh, an end or overhang linebacker go to Arkansas, uh, and then their other two, D linemen, I think, went to Tulsa. So, um, it, it's, it's pretty unbelievable, uh, you know, the amount of skill kids they turn out. And, and everyone says that Broken Arrow, you know, is, is the one school 
town, but technically Union gets a, a couple of, of Broken Arrow City kids. So, um, uh, you know, maybe we're split a little bit. <laughs> right. Kind of over there on the line there a little bit, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. I wouldn't mind having uh, a couple more of those kids. Uh, but uh, it's it's uh, was a fun season this season, finally doing it at Broken Arrow. Man, it seems like uh, every year it's like, why are you guys so big and so bad at football? I mean, you guys are always just <laughs> average at football. Um, you know, like like I always say, it's like you're, you're, you know, you and your dad and your grandpa and your great-grandpa, if you were all through Broken Arrow – Everybody, nobody ever won. I mean, you won a few games, but you know, or went to the playoffs, which is nice, but no one was ever champions. And in the past, whatever, 20, 30 years, it only beat Union twice and only beat Jinx three or right. four times. So it was like, it was almost like an expected thing. It was unbelievable. I don't even know how, how they were when your dad was playing there. I don't even remember. Yeah, I mean, even then, they, they must have just been average. I mean, they never won, or I don't think even – you know, we've only been to the state championship four times. Right, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I went and watched one of them. They, they played uh, – who, who'd they play? Union or Jinx? One Union Union was – yeah, Union was back in, like, 2000s, um, and they got yeah. demolished. <laughs> that was their first state championship game. They got destroyed by Union. They should have won the second that one. Might have been that, they were there. that might have been the same Union team I was just talking about a while ago. I think it was. Oh, maybe, because that was brutal. That was uh, – and then, <laughs> and then, yeah, they should have won. They should have won the second one. Uh, they, they were playing Union, and that was in, like, uh, 11 or 12, maybe. And they are playing Union that was in, 11. in the state finals. And uh, they had they were winning by like I don't know three or four, uh, and all they had to do was run off the clock. They had like a minute thirty left, and uh, uh, tailback fumbled it. Tailback oh, wow. fumbled it, and the defense yeah. lineman picked it up and ran it in. <laughs> Took it to the house yeah. <laughs> to win the game. So they lost that one, and then uh, I've been in two. And our first one, uh, you know, they were probably a better team. Jinx was probably a better team personnel wise, but we had a few huge mistakes in that game that killed us i mean opening kickoff we uh we fumbled the we fumbled the opening kickoff and uh, jinx ran it back to about the two yard line that's never a good sign right there when you fumble <laughs> the open kickoff no not no. a good way to start it no. i mean and then you, no. this year and then this year the very first play of the game jinx throws like a 80 yard touchdown on us wow so we haven't started off wow. real hot in uh in state championship games now in our four but uh we had a we had a we had good enough personnel, and we had some seniors that, you know, really, really believed that they were winners um, this year, and uh, they overcame um, a, a lot of – a pretty difficult game, really. I mean, scoring, I think, three touchdowns from the 90-plus uh, yard uh, touchdown drive. So, uh, it, it was cool to finally do that, but a, a big monkey off our back because it's been like, man, why can't you guys win? You're bigger than everybody else, and you're like – yeah, I know it. Uh, we probably should, but we, but we haven't. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you guys have had some success coming down here, and or, or Texas schools going up there. You guys have had some success beating Texas schools. So that's yeah, we. It, it was cool, and and that was the coolest in in college. Uh, it was when Broken Arrow started going to play Texas teams, and and they played uh, um, Odessa maybe. 
and and they beat Odessa, thumped mm-hmm. Odessa, set like every record, every scoring record at that stadium. And so I'm bragging to all the Houston kids, and they're all saying, "No, they were just good back in the day. They're not even good anymore." And and they wouldn't they wouldn't even give me that <laughs> win. But we've 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 had a pretty good record, you know. Pete Capel uh, played Euless Trinity close, and we were a, a really young team. But I hope. You know, they're fun to watch, Euless Trinity, but it's not a real fun uh, first game of the season to go play because you got about three or four kids that are injured for the next six weeks. Uh, you go play Euless yeah. Trinity. Euless Trinity will uh, meet you up physically. I was uh, – when I coached at Irving Nimitz here in the DFW area, they were in our district. And we were not that good, and they were really good. They were a state championship. They won the state championship that year. And our our head coach is a real good friend of mine. He's the head coach at Paris, Texas now. But he was like, we're not going to go out there when they do the haka. So we stayed inside, let them do the haka, and then we went on out. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it they, didn't matter. <laughs> that was, they had a kid there um, who played for Texas. He was an offensive lineman. It had to have been around that time. And he was just a murderer. He killed everybody he went against. Patrick uh, Vahe, I think, was his name. Yep. Yeah, they they when you play them, uh, you know you've been in a football game for sure. <laughs> There's no doubt. And then, uh, you know, so it's like even if you go get beat by a Texas team, you'd rather not be beat up for the rest of the season. I know um, it worked out for Jinx, though, uh, when Walls – I don't know if you were there. I think you were there. Maybe it was just before you. But yep. who would you guys go play in Texas and just beat up everybody? And, and it was supposed to be cool uh, – Big Brian, they were even like wearing, you know, long sleeves or, or whatever it was. And then it got really hot really fast. Uh, and, and they were big and big and freaky and, and beat Jinx up, you know, quite a bit. A bunch of injured kids. And, and but I think they ended up winning state right. that year. But who was that, Walls? We got the first year we, we got beat by DeSoto and they just tempoed us out of the building because it's about 125 on the field when we went out and played at three in the afternoon. But then we did. Oh we, gosh, we did beat uh, we did beat Trinity the next year. We came back and beat them in the fourth quarter. But that was a, a, a game. I, literally, that was one of those games where you you were just trying. You know, Coach Trimble would come by, and I'm coaching the offensive line, and he's just you know he'd just have his you know just kind of that presence behind him. He'd be like, Coach Walls, are we going to be able to run the ball tonight? And I just kind of flip up the head. <laughs> like, Coach, have you taken a look at this D line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably, yeah you're probably right coach i'm like i go if you want to get four yards i said outside zone to the left is about the only play i got on the playbook right now so if you want that <laughs> one way outside zone to the left. <laughs> that yeah was that's what was his desoto game the desoto game was what got everyone kind of gassed up and and awesome. uh you know tremble uh it'd be fun to hear dave tell it again but you know Trimble made him uh, take one of Dave's good offensive linemen out because he was tired and and you know uh, didn't give good enough effort and he's a young kid and Trimble's kind of trying to set a an example and Dave's looking around and he's like who else do I have to put in <laughs> so he <just> had to <laughs> who do grab, you want me to put in that's right and, and half the kids that's are right. hiding <laughs> behind the 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 water bottles over there and so grab someone and throws <laughs> it in <laughs> Yeah, we lost. <laughs> well, who do y'all play down here this year? We play Mansfield again. So it was like a uh, one and one. So all the Mansfields came down here uh, to Oklahoma last year, up here last year, and played. Uh, um, was like Jinx and maybe Union and Sand Springs and Bigsby and us. 
So we played all of the, the Mansfields, right. and then this year we go back down and play those the same team we played last year, but in Texas. Okay. All right, cool. So it'll be kind of interesting. When is that? That'll be uh, – that's our first game, and it's all weird. Something about Texas, like last year our second game was against a Texas school, but something how they flipped or do something. Now this year it's our first game, and it's, uh, I believe, the 31st. So it's is on a it Saturday. Like zero week? It's the zero – yeah, it's zero week here in Oklahoma. Uh, I assume it's for Texas as well. It probably but is here too. August 31st, it's a Saturday. So there's a few teams playing, I think, on like a Thursday, a few on a Friday, and then we're playing on Saturday. And then, uh, you know, fortunate or unfortunate, however you look at it, uh, Union's playing on a Friday. So we play Union the next week, and and, uh, they're playing on a Friday, and we're playing on a Saturday. So it'll be a short, quick turnaround, and then it's time uh, time to go play Union. But kind of the nice thing about Mansfield for both of us is, we're kind of playing our, our identical twins. You know, they're a 4-3 defense, and we're a 4-3 defense, and uh, we're a heavier 21-22 personnel team, and, and so are they. So um, it, it's always interesting and, and kind of fun to play those teams. Well, I might have to try to come catch that one, uh, depending on what time did you say it was? Um, I believe it's in the evening. I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head, I'm but I believe to... it's an evening game. That should be nice come and cool, check though. that one out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice and cool. It was 102 today. <laughs> it was. We've been in a we've been in a cool um, uh, uh, kind of a cool uh, time right now. We were at 100 all all June and first of July. Now it was uh, the high was 90 today. We had a, we've had a cool front all wow. all week. It said it won't go over 100. Well, that's nice. You know, you know, we mom always. Up, uh, you know, mom always complained about uh, about Texas. Everyone that lived in Texas, she's like, they're always saying Texas is is bigger or it's hotter or it's better. Or it's you know all about Texas, and and she always complained <laughs> about that. And now that's all I get once a week is is how much hotter it is down there. And and every time she comes here, she's yeah, it's hot, but it's not it's not like hot like it is there. Or, or, you know, all these things. So, all the stuff she always made fun of, of people for her, her whole life that I've been around her. Now she's saying the same stuff. She, she's an official Texan. Well, I'm, I'm ready to come back, to be honest with you. I'm ready to come back, but just can't can't afford to, I guess. No. Uh, no. No, you can't afford that, man. Looking at that, well, I mean, me and my wife, would it, when she starts teaching, make a $40,000 pay jump just moving down to Texas almost. Well, I know we're probably about out of time, but I, I always tell people, like, you know, my first job in Texas was at Oak Ridge High School, which is up in the Woodlands area, Spring, Woodlands, Conroe. Mm-hmm. It was actually the Conroe ISD, and they paid us every two weeks. And my paycheck for two weeks there was $100 less than my whole month in Bartlesville. <laughs> Crazy. So... That kind of puts it in uh, perspective. Yeah, it's it's unreal, and and uh, kudos to Texas for for continually bumping that up. I mean, we finally got a raise, and we're still we're finally now um, getting a decent teacher salary for the area. But man, they didn't raise it for whatever twenty something years, something unbelievable. So yeah. glad they finally have a little bit, but still, obviously, still way behind uh, those Texas schools, like you say. And like, you know, I tell people also is 
that, you know, Oklahoma State base is more than it is here in Texas. But nobody down here really pays that. Now, if you get out mm. to some of those small yeah. schools and small towns and stuff, you know, they're going to be closer to the state base. So, But if you're in the DFW area or, or Houston or any metropolitan area or close to it, you're going to get way above state base. Yeah. Well, well uh, you know, going into uh, – coming up on an hour, like you said, Big Brian, but, uh, you know, the last thing I always ask everybody uh, is – when you're watching another team's offensive line coach, what's some things that uh, their offensive line would be doing uh, that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? If they're playing physical, playing through the whistle, uh, and just coming off the ball and getting after people's tail, you know, that right there says a lot to me. Uh, and I, I've, I've watched some of some of the video of, of your guys, and they do that, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's pretty awesome. It's uh, it's fun to watch them do it, and I've kind of always been the same way. I don't know if it's because of dad or 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 who, maybe even uh, pops, but um, it, it's it seems like that's something that you can really coach. I mean, you can have five guys that can't play. You know, you can have five guys that are two hundred pounds, and you're playing in six A Division one and in Texas or Oklahoma, and they're probably going to get beat. And and you and if that's all you've got. Uh, th- that's all you've got. You can't coach them to be freak offensive linemen, but you can make them as good as you can, uh, and and anyone can play uh, unbelievably hard. And so uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think that's one thing that you, when you watch, you can really see. Okay, that kid has been coached up. Uh, they're they're coaching him to play that hard uh, because it, it's not norm for five people. Maybe for one or two, that's that's their norm. But for five people, that's not a normal right. thing. And so you can really tell, okay, he's been coached. It doesn't matter how freaky or non-freaky that player is. He's he's working hard, and that's uh, because of his coach. Right, exactly. Well, Big Brian, it was fun, man. I appreciate you taking an hour and, and being away from, from the wife and kids, uh, you know, having to do it over uh, by the stadium. So I uh, appreciate you taking out an hour, and it was fun getting to talk to you again. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's an honor. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and, and best of luck to both of you as you get started in your season, and and I hope I hope you both win the state championship. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.